Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are just mere hours away from the actual free agency period. We've been live in the tampering period for a little while now, which has probably been quite longer than they claim to admit, but it is what it is. But we are here to break down some of the latest news in the world of football, whether it's trading, whether it's free agency, whether it's Deshaun Watson, where he will go, where he won't go where the Texans actually made some smart moves within that decision. And then, of course, as always, I am joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, sir? I mean, I can't believe that you think 10 minutes after the legal tampering period opens and people agree to five-year, $70 million deals that you think that happened ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they weren't talking at all throughout the last couple of weeks, um, ironing out those final details of that contract. They were not definitely not doing that. They were definitely not doing that. I could not foresee them actually breaking the rules in the NFL. It does not happen. With that being said, I would like the floor for just a moment. A few weeks ago, too much to be exact, I wrote a very heartwarming, touching, loving, caring, just beautiful piece about my love for one gentleman in the world of the NFL, and that was Mr. Tom Brady. Tom Brady did, in fact, retire two months ago. And then, of course, he sat at home for a couple weeks, did some of that common core math, realized the kids had to get up really early in the morning to be taken to school, probably interacted with a couple of different parents from the school, and then decided, you know what? This father life is not for young me yet. So Mr. Brady decided that he was going to unretire and come back for the 23rd season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I will be honest with you, next year, if he plans on retiring, or in five years when he plans on retiring, I do plan on copying and pasting and just changing the year total of which that we come to fruition. Because honestly, I was happy that he had retired, not just because he is the greatest quarterback that's ever stepped foot in the football field, but it was a guy that I followed for many of years. I've dealt with a lot of heartbreak, a lot of heartfelt playoff losses, playoff wins, Super Bowl wins. But I was just happy to be able to enjoy football because I wasn't going to emotionally attach my, myself to one singular player the way that I have Mr. Brady and Mr. Marino before him. I wasn't going to do that to myself anymore. I was just going to enjoy the NFL season. But now I have to go back to stress eating, stress panicking, and of course, whenever they go on a winning streak, make sure not to wash the clothes that I was wearing. So thank you, Mr. Brady, for doing this to me again, bringing it back just so I can stress, and I'm really glad I didn't throw my buck stuff away. But that's beside the point. But, Fox, your thoughts on the return of the GOAT? Well, first of all, I... Thought that you had already made that same commitment to Ryan Tannehill. So do you have to divide your loyalties? This I would rather jump off a bridge than 
So, just, I, I almost just walked out of the podcast. We've got a good show planned, <laughs> and I just almost left. You were I just going to fly solo for the rest of the show. I think my favorite tweet was um, it was a female NFL reporter, and I can't remember who it was, but Tom Brady just spent two consecutive months with his wife and children and decided that it's a better life for him being pounded on by 300-pound linemen every day. That tells me all I need to know about having kids. <laughs> it was such, yeah. a, such a great tweet. Brady seemed like he was on the fence about retiring. Um, I I will be interested. Uh, Mike Florio, I think it was Thursday last week before Brady announced he was coming back, said Brady was going to unretire and get traded by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the San Francisco 49ers where he was going to win a Super Bowl. And at the time, I remember thinking, well, that's just laughable. He's already retired. The first part came true. Now I'm starting to think like, uh, I wonder. Um, but it it did seem like he decided he needed to make a decision before free agency to give Tampa Bay, if he was going to come back that extra oomph they need for getting free agents. He saw right away they had already tagged Godwin. Maybe they figured that out. They were able to trade, upgrade their line to kind of cover over some of those losses. Interesting signing is, is Russell Gage, who I actually thought was pretty good uh, last year uh, with Godwin, no lock for week one and, and AB off, off the map. Um, I thought that gives them something back. Be curious to see if um, Gronk re-ups or ends up retiring or going to Buffalo. I would assume he's going to come back to Tampa Bay, um, you know, and play again. And honestly, if Brady looked around, the NFC landscape is still about as open as it was last year. Green Bay has cap issues. I don't know how long can they sustain where they're at. NFC West teams, you're going to see some ebbs and flows. I think we've talked about before if the 49ers go to Trey Lance, you know, maybe that ends up benefiting them in the long term. I don't think it'll be a boon to them in 2022. Still don't know what Arizona is. Seattle pretty well took itself off the map. We don't really know what Dallas is. We don't really know what any of the teams in the NFC East are. So, I mean, it wouldn't be shocking to see Brady roll off 13, 14 wins and be right in the hunt again. Yeah, it was it's it's pretty crazy to watch a fold. I love the Russell Gage signing. I think that's a brilliant signing. Even when Godwin's back in the fold, that's a that's a pretty pretty incredible one two three lineup. Gage is one of the better receivers down the stretch, except for, except especially in fantasy football. Now the Gage signing might not be great for fantasy purposes once Godwin and Evans are back on the field, but if Godwin misses any time to start the season, which I kind of anticipate he might miss a couple weeks, but if he misses any time. You're talking about a probably a top 15, maybe 20 receiver uh, uh, weekly. Um, I'm coming back. It'll be interesting to see how they fill some other holds. Shaq Mason trade was massive for them. They didn't give up anything for him. They did take the contract on, but they needed that after losing a couple. They lost a, a guard to retirement, and then I know they lost one to free agency up to Cincinnati. Um, another another conversation to talk about, and I moved this one up the charts a little bit, is the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. How this unfolds is going to be incredibly insane. Now, for, for, for days, we knew the Saints and the Panthers were in the what, what we thought was the driver's seat, right? You know what I mean? And they still might be, and I still think everybody thinks that the Saints are in that driver's seat still. But the thing about it is, is we've seen two teams kind of creep up out of nowhere in the Browns and the Falcons, which the Browns, that's going to – if they don't get Watson, there's going to be a lot of aftermath there of, of, of kissing and making up with Baker. But – the one thing that I love that the Texans did, and maybe it shows that the signs of the franchise might be turning somewhat around, is the fact that Deshaun Watson couldn't meet with any of these teams 
unless they had a trade parameter lined up that they were willing to accept. That is one of the smartest things that I think this franchise has ever done because you once the Sean Watson makes up his mind, if you have to figure out the odds and ends pieces, one, one, if it does happen, the team's like, well, he's going to pick me, so maybe, just maybe, I'll not give you this instead of that type of scenario. No, it was outlined that this is what's going to, you know, what's going to happen between the two. Now, I love that. Now, if we're looking at this big picture, and and if we are, then one of the things um, I do like is the Browns could be quite an interesting landing spot for Deshaun Watson. Don't you agree? Yeah, and the Browns are the team where I think he's going to end up and probably the best uh, fit. Atlanta makes no sense to me at all because aside from Kyle Pitts, they've got nothing and they have no cap and they have problems everywhere. I wouldn't – I don't know what Carolina's coaching staff is. I'm not choosing Ben McAdoo. The Saints have a similar problem. You know, and for both of those teams, you would have to assume the trade package is going to include some some of their bigger offensive and or defensive pieces. It's been rumored Christian McCaffrey would go. You know, so what does that do? If I'm the Texans, I don't want Christian McCaffrey. The Texans. I'm not. I'm not not the Texans. Have not met a running back they don't want though. (laughs) Well, that's also true. Yeah. Um. Well, but. It's just it just seems especially with the Deonta Foreman signing that that there's something in that package. You see either McCaffrey or Hubbard, and I can't imagine I guess the Texans are dumb, so they could want Hubbard. But the Browns are where I think he ends up. And honestly, if he doesn't end up there, they've played themselves because I don't think they can keep Baker anymore because you know, it was already probably not a great relationship and now that you're pretty aggressively doing this it seems like they're they're almost in the same position that the Colts put themselves in with Carson Wentz yeah and the thing about it is is I I I will not uh we're speaking to on the field Deshaun Watson what he's done off the field I can't speak to nor do I want to speak to and 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 the people that have been affected by what has transpired, I, I, my 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 thoughts go out to everybody involved. And we're speaking to Deshaun Watson, the football player, right now, just because that's what we do. But the thing about it is, is Deshaun Watson is a very good football player. Like I, I saw some people on Twitter just like we just did. We forget how good this guy was, how how good he's carried these Texan teams that were not very good and made the playoffs. They, they did. And he's a very, very capable football player. And to be honest with you, Deshaun Watson and the Browns, that is scary. It's downright scary. OK, first off, Cooper goes from fantasy hell with Baker to out through the moon with Watson to me, he does. And of course they have other integral pieces there. They'll have to fill out the worst side. They have receivers, but I think they still need a draft one. Obviously if they have any draft capital left post the trade, if it happens, but that's going to be interesting to watch unfold because if he goes to the Browns, where does Baker go? You know what I mean? Like that, I don't think Baker's in that trade. I I really can't think that the Texans are going to really, I mean, they could, but that to me is too, you're muted, but that to me is a a, 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 a not so valuable commodity that I don't think that I would want. Ba- yeah. I, I think the thing about Baker is it's a one year 
contract right now because he's playing on his fifth year option for sure. And given Davis Mills looked good, but I don't know if he's the long term answer. I don't know that this draft class is either. Maybe you take a veteran in in Baker as part of that trade to have an option, but. I, I think he's gone from Cleveland regardless. I think they're going to have to do something. Regardless if they land Watson or not? Yeah, because, I I mean, he posted a goodbye. Yeah, it's, it's good. Speaking of which, obviously, I kind of brought it up. The Cooper trade, uh, I think the Cowboys won that trade hands down. Um, and it's not because Cooper isn't a good receiver, because we all know Cooper is still one of the better receivers in football. He was on his way out. They were going to cut him regardless. So in order to – you got draft capital in return for him. Um, they swapped sixth, and they got a fifth additional. Uh, it's a great trade for the Browns. I don't know if it's a great trade for the Browns if Baker Mayfield's your quarterback, but I still think it's a great trade. You're going to get a good – you're getting a good wide receiver anyway. Look, I like Baker. I think Baker's ad- adequate starting quarterback – but the thing about it is, is if you think about this, and maybe we need to do a show just based on the quarterbacks in this league, there is not – there is very few great quarterbacks that I believe can win a Super Bowl. And then there's guys like Mayfield. There's guys like Kirk Cousins who just got extended for that extra year. You have those middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks that that can win football games. Ryan Tannehill fits in this bubble. They can win you football games – but they can't win you the big game, right? You know what I mean? Like it's it's few and far between the years of 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 sorry Eli Manning fans, but Eli Manning and and Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer, those quarterbacks winning Super Bowl, it's few and far between. You know what I mean? Those are anomalies compared to Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, over and over again, and even this year with Matt Stafford. It's few and far between that you're getting quarterbacks that are capable to take that next step. I don't believe Baker Mayfield's that guy. Baker Mayfield hurts the Browns more than he helps on occasions of which they need him to help. You know what I mean? When they shut down Chubb, Baker can't win by throwing 50 times. If you shut down Chubb, Watson can win you games by throwing the ball 50 times. Is Watson make them a Super Bowl player? No, but I think Watson makes them a way better chance at being in that fold. The thing about it is, is sticking in the AFC, the AFC is packed, right? You know what I mean? And and flipping that over to the, the side that the Chargers are doing, Chargers are playing brilliant tactics, right? They have a quarterback that is on a rookie deal for, I think, three more years. Yeah, it'll be three more years after. The, yeah, this year, next year. Of course, they, they will pick up that. No, they don't have a fifth-year option. Yeah, um, they, yeah. They'll pick up the, they'll pick up the fifth year option, and I'm sure after year four they'll extend them. But you have a two year window here where you could throw a lot of money at some guys, which they have. Like their free agency has been incredible. J.C. Jackson was a it was a little bit of an overpay, I think, but you had to overpay to bring that guy in. But you throw that in there, you pick up a uh, uh, Mac. You know what I mean? That was a great move. You could only make that move because you have a quarterback under a rookie contract. You know what I mean? So to me, they're improving on that defense. But these teams in the AFC, the Broncos, obviously have have improved over the course of the last week. Um, So the Browns need to make a splash. And and I think that's been seen because of how strong the AFC is. The AFC is super strong. And another factor to me would be interesting to see if he can really go to the – Watson goes to the Browns there is – 
does Brady hinder the idea of maybe him wanting to go to the Panthers or Saints? Because prior to Brady, that division's wide open. It really is. Like we talked about on the show when Brady retired, the, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Saints, they're all in fluctuations here. I do think he makes the Panthers a much better team. He does make the Saints a much better team. They're still in cap hell a little bit, but what they do with those pizzas, we all know that cap is a myth anyway, but there is it, there are certain components that can hinder you within that. But I just, the AFC is so strong, so very strong. You have the Ravens making big moves. And to me, the Ravens are still a very good football team that I think that a lot of people aren't paying attention to because of the second half of that season. They had a lot of injuries and they just could not adapt. If Lamar makes just a little bit of improvement, just a little bit, and they get some weapons for him, that team is damn good and they draft well. So a lot of these pieces unfold. And speaking of ASC, we we can't not talk about the Jaguars, right, Fox? I mean, they've signed everybody. I mean, but at the same time, nobody. You know what I mean? And, and and I want you to announce your point that you made off of the air just for everybody to hear it as well. Yeah, I mean, the, what's fascinating to me, uh, the Jaguars, they signed Christian Kirk to a huge deal. They already had Marvin Jones. Uh, they seem like they don't really want LaVisca Chenault, but I guess he exists there. They signed Zay Jones to a massive deal, and they signed Evan Ingram to a one-year $10 million deal, even though Diane Arnold was the most functional part of their passing game last year. And then they signed Brandon Sheriff, which helps the line. But I've seen a lot of people going all in saying who beats – this team, you know, in terms of putting all the the potential receivers and stuff out there saying, hey, we loaded up, we gave Trevor Lawrence an incredible core of weapons. I'm not sure that you did. You know, Travis Etienne is coming back off of Liz Frank, which is not always the easiest transition. We've not seen him play a down in the NFL and you're anointing him a superstar. There were people that weren't set that he was going to be a superstar before the draft uh, and certainly haven't seen anything. James Robinson tore his Achilles tendon late in the season. I doubt he's ready at the beginning of the season. And, uh, you know, they had Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark last year and weren't able to do anything. I know the coaching staff is maybe partly to blame there, but they, they went all in paying Christian Kirk like he was the bell of the ball in this free agent market. And I, I thought Kirk has potential, but I don't know how I feel. That's almost reminds me of the Jets going all in on Corey Davis. If the Jaguars don't get something maybe in the draft, and most people think they're going to try to rebuild their defense and their line in the draft, which isn't which isn't bad, but unless they find that like Elijah Moore or something, have you really helped – Trevor Lawrence that much or is it what you're talking about that people are ready to throw Lawrence under the bus and you can just pretend that these are all incredible signings yeah so for Kirk for me when I read online it's it's a basically a two-year 37 million dollar deal they can really leave the party at, at after two years and, and and yeah sure they're out 37 million dollars which is a lot of money but Christian Kirk it's technically on paper four year 84 million the Kirk Ingram Zay Jones um it, it's an interesting trio um, the Jag- Jaguars have to overpay. You have to overpay in order to bring guys into Jacksonville. That's just what they have to do. Now, for me, I like Christian and Kirk. I think that he could be a very vital weapon to this offense. I think Marvin Jones down the stretch was Marvin Jones down the stretch was really good. It'll be interesting to see if Marvin Jones is still a Jaguar. 
when it when kind of the offseason unfolds. I think he will because I think he's a veteran leader. And I do love the Evan Ingram signing. I really do. I think it's a big I think it's a good signing. I think that the the Giants just never I mean they brought in Kyle Randall or Kyle Rudolph last year to 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 bring into that some of that production. I think Ingram has dropped problems. We've known that from the past, but I really like that signing a lot. It's only a one-year, $10 million deal. The Zay Jones signing made no sense to me. I, it may, I can't make any sense of it. The Kirk, I like the Kirk signing. Would I pay that much? Maybe not, but whatever it is. Ingram, I like. Zay Jones makes zero sense to me, especially since he's kind of like that, like you said, LaVisca Chenault deal. Maybe they lo- use LaVisca in the backfield a little bit more with the cautionary tale of James Robinson and the cautionary tale of Travis Etienne. I personally think Travis Etienne is going to be very good, especially – in Doug Peterson's offense. Now, mind you, I don't think that I'm talking about football. Fantasy wise, I none of these guys I don't even think sniff anything until maybe, you know, week five and then it's like, oh, Evan Ingram might be a good guy. And then, you know, he goes like three straight games with not even catching a pass. But no one knows what any of these Florida teams are doing. Jacksonville on a spending spree, Miami on a spending spree. I'm not sure I, either improve their team. I, I am all in. I, I like what the Dolphins have done. Uh, they were 9-8 and eight last year. My biggest concern with the Dolphins is the coaching change and the coaching shift. Do they see that shift year one for the good or the bad? They were 9-8 and eight last year. They, they played pretty solid down the stretch. And, of course, Tua's growth is also very vital in what we see out of this team in year one or in year one of this coaching staff, because I didn't mind the Cedric Wilson trade. I think Cedric Wilson's really good. I like Cedric Wilson. Um, I, I was upset to see him leave Dallas because I thought that he would be a really good addition to that offense, which Dallas just doesn't like they have CD lamb and Dalton Schultz. And I mean, they have Gallup, but you know, when does Gallup return type of scenario? Obviously they'll have to probably have to draft another top tier receiver, but I like the, I like what the Dolphins have done. They've thrown some money out there. I don't hate to see Chase Edmonds deal. RIP uh, Gaskins, it was nice knowing you. Um, But that's the thing. I mean, Chase Edmonds last year carried the ball 113 times. That was a career high uh, for him. Running, the running game is an issue. You know, is signing Chase Edmonds an indication that they're going to continue to use some kind of committee they're working on bringing back Duke Johnson. They kept Salvon Ahmed. They have Jared Dokes. They still have Gaskin. I mean, for fantasy, it might be a disaster. Is it even going to work on the field? I feel like Trevor Lawrence and Tua are two guys for whom people are saying this is a make or break year and their teams. Yes. Went out and got some offensive players, but I don't know if they got the greatest offensive players. I'm also curious, you know, the dolphins go and sign Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater was, you know, I went through that experience. I'm not going to say he was incredible. But of what was available on the free agent market, I would have thought, given all the quarterback openings around the league, he had a decent shot to go somewhere to be a bridge starter or to compete. Him getting signed there and choosing the Dolphins right away is curious to me. We've seen in the past, coach, you know, the coaching staff have a quick trigger on Tua. This is another franchise that keeps saying, you know, like the like the Giants this offseason who seem to say we've done Daniel Jones wrong and it's all about Daniel Jones. The Dolphins have talked about Tua's their guy. They want to build around them, but the strategy doesn't necessarily feel like that. No, not at all. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I still love the Doug Peterson head coaching uh, signing. I think it's one of the more under radar, under the radar signings. I think that's not being looked at enough. 
Doug Peterson did win a Super Bowl. I know we forgot about that, and he did win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz at that. I mean, we've seen Carson Wentz kind of fall to his demise, which I will still admittedly say that I think Carson Wentz is still a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's great, guys, but again, if we break down, and we might have to do this next week, Fox. We might have to do a show next week breaking down the quarterbacks in or, or make it part of the segment because I don't think people understand the 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 tier flow of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Carson Wentz was probably one of the one of the only options. Nobody's going to Washington. Let's let's start there, right? Nobody nobody really wants to go to Washington. I don't think. You know what I mean? They don't exactly have a bevy of weapons. I don't think Ron Rivera is is he's a good coach, but I, I don't really see. You're just talking about a team that might not be able to attract a Russell Wilson, right? Or an Aaron Rodgers, hypothetically, or any of these other guys. So a Carson Wentz might be attractive because this draft class sucks, guys. We've told you that. And and, and they might not. They might not suck. It, let me say it might not suck. It's not very good compared to years past, but also it's not as good as next year either. Let's throw that out there, folks. I, some of you don't understand that next year's draft class of quarterbacks is really, 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 really good. It can be, obviously. But this year's class, this is a very develop, developmental class, right? You know what I mean? There's probably going to be a guy that's going to start week one, and probably by week four or five, we're going to be like, well, that guy should have sat for probably a year. But there's going to be a couple of guys that might sit for a year or two and turn out to be very good. I'm not saying that. But Carson Wentz is a, still a serviceable quarterback, maybe a bridge quarterback. Maybe you draft a guy and you bring him in. You don't also have to mortgage your entire future to bring in a Carson Wentz. They gave up, I think, a second, I think it was for him, maybe two twos, depending on playing time. But still, you're not mortgaging the future, kind of what the Broncos did, because in the long run, in three years, if the Broncos don't win a Super Bowl, that trade's going to be looked upon as the Broncos lost that trade because they didn't win a Super Bowl. They made a Super Bowl winning move there, right? So there's a lot of different variations there. But I keep going on my quarterback tangent and getting off the rails here, and I'm sorry for that. There was a lot of other just whatever signings, DJ Chark to the Lions. Um, as long as Jarrett Goff's is quarterback, I just – I don't know. What do you think it, of that? It feels kind of like a prove-it deal. Um, I That's still exactly like, what I wrote down right here, yeah. I've seen a variety of opinions on Amon Ross St. Brown. A lot of people thought signing Chark – spells doom for him i don't um some people thought that that means he'll be even better i'm not going to go that far either i would like to see what the rest of detroit's uh plan is i think they have a good piece in amon ross st brown they have a good piece in tj hawkinson they have a great back in deandre swift they're building something there if they continue on the path they seem to be on they're going to keep building up the lines and building a core and then get closer to figuring out a quarterback dj chark maybe he bounces back we we saw flashes of promise in jacksonville we never saw consistency i would wager we're going to see the same thing in 2022 we had a couple other signings that i just could care less about along the war james white resigns with the patriots that is what it is i I just feel like he's going to play there until he's whatever jd mckissick signs with buffalo that backfield is even murkier than it ever has been before like it's just I think he's going to be more of a utility back. He's a great pass catcher. I, I love what he's able to do. And and maybe, maybe he might have some sort of fantasy relevance if they decide to use him out of the backfield. I just don't think that's something that I foresee happening. Um, him and Singletary could really be a good one-two combination because McKissick still thrived, thrived a lot out of the backfield catching balls, even with Antonio Gibson 
um, um, playing really well last year. So I, I don't hate that signing. The Bills' backfield is still – I don't even know what to do. I think the only thing it confirms is Zach Moss as a sunk cost at this point in time. Something didn't click with him and the coaching staff. He was – hardly use he had healthy scratch our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of noom they build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions medical issues and other personal needs so your plan works for you noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection you don't have to give up carbs or anything and with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Games, um, they seem to be flirting with trying to use Brita, and I, I'm wondering if the same thing that you're talking about, they see McKissick as maybe having the skill set a little bit better than what they got out of Brita. Yeah, the thing about it is, is I mean, if you look at McKissick's stats, I mean, you're talking about a guy that has 30-plus catches in four straight years. In 2020, he had 80 catches. You know what I mean? He had almost 1,000 yards in 2020. This past year, he he had a little over 600 on, on over almost close to 80 touches, and that was only in 11 games. So he can be a factor in that offense and a much-needed factor. I think that Singletary is a good back. I just don't think that he's a great pass-catching back. And they really need that out of – and Breda kind of showed flashes of what he was capable – Breda's washed in my opinion, but like what flashes of what McKessick can actually do. And and he's the perfect – he's a good blocking back at that too. Let's let's throw that in there too. McKessick's a very good blocking back, which is much needed, um, especially breaking free once Josh Allen does his little circle, 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 circle in the backfield. McKessick can sneak out of the backfield and catch the passes. So I really like that signing as well. Uh, Will Disley, three signs with the Seahawks. What are they doing? I, I've i seen them tout his ability as a blocker and maybe – Three-year, $24 million, man. That's yeah. a lot well, of blocking Especially money. you have um, Noah Fant who's on a, on a pretty decent chunk of change there. And uh, you have Everett who he signed as a free agent last year. I don't really understand. They have three tight ends. They still have two receivers. Lord only knows what they're doing at quarterback and running back. Um, I – that was one of the more curious signings to me. Um, there was a there was a few like head scratchers, but that was definitely one. I wanted to get since you were talking about quarterbacks early, two other quarterback moves that I thought were fascinating early in this period. Kirk Cousins finagles another thirty five million dollar extension from the Vikings. You're welcome, Minnesota. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers seemingly deciding their quarterback of of the now is one Mitch Trubisky. Okay, so the Kirk Cousins deal, I, I I don't hate it because again, he there's not a lot of options and they needed some cap flexibility, right? You know what I mean? I I don't hate the move. You know what I mean? Because what else at this particular time and day are you going to do with that type of money right now? And and it's 
the flexibility again gives them flex in this space. Now, let me look at the deal real quick. I'm looking at the deal where, where so basically it, it's a lot of front loaded money. Now next year it, it's a, it's a lot more. So next year they have a 36 million dollar cap hit on him next year. It is high, but obviously it's a lot of this is just moving money from this year to next year. Okay. So I, I really don't I really don't know what to really don't say about it. Like again, if we break down the quarterback situation, he's in that middle of the pack. He's Baker Mayfield, he's Ryan Tannehill, he's they'll be seven and ten and miss the playoffs, or they'll be nine and eight, sneak into the playoffs and 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 lose the first game of the playoffs. I think he's a touch better than Baker. I, I agree with that. I, I don't I'm, know. I'm just, Tannehill, I never get a feel, but I I think he's probably a little better than that. I tend to agree with you, though, given the state of the quarterback position, the state of this draft, and all that's out there. They're better off having a solid known quantity to pair with the weapons if they can build the rest of the team up around him to try to get themselves into a place to compete. Because if you move on from him, are you essentially just rebooting and starting over? I don't know if Kevin O'Connell wanted that when he came over. And you're wasting, if you try that reboot, you might as well dump the and, and you're wasting Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook's prime years, they're better off holding on to Kirk and hoping that they can push all in, I think. Yeah, and again, Cousins is one of those guys, I don't think he can get you over that hump, but we're talking about a guy that's got 88 touchdowns and 20 interceptions over the last two seasons. Like, let's not pretend like Kirk Cousins is a bum, guys. He's got 8,000, you know, a little over 8,400 yards passing. He has 100, uh, 100, over 100 QBR in three straight seasons. And he's over 94 in every season since 2015. He's not a bum. You know what I mean? He's a lot, he's a guy that gets a lot more hate than he deserves. And it's because the Vikings keep paying him outlandish money. <laughs> like that's the biggest problem. Mitchell Trubisky. All right. I like this signing. I do. I actually like it a lot. Um, I preferred, and I said it on this podcast, I prefer, um, I would have preferred he went to, Mariota would have went here. I really, really, really kind of upset. I really wanted to um, I really wanted to see him with the Steelers. Now, since we didn't get that, it is what it is. Now, this contract is a two-year, uh, $14 million deal. Or, sorry, it's $12 million deal. It, it, it includes $12 million in incentives. Okay? So, it's potential that this deal could reach up to $27 million. Now, looking at the, the the breakdown of the contract, apparently it's basically a one-year deal if they wanted it to be monetarily wise so they can get out after year one. I don't hate the move. Okay, again, if we look at this draft class, Mitchell Trubisky on a, on a potential one-year deal. Let's just say the thing about it is, is if Mitchell Trubisky goes out there and is Trubisky, it is what it is. You, you tried the Trubisky experiment. Maybe you draft a quarterback, maybe not as high. Maybe you get one in the second or third or fourth round, and the experiment is a bust. Next year, you have to start over again. Or what if it was Matt? What if it was Nagy? What if Trubisky is actually serviceable in this offense? Remember, we did take the Bears to the playoff, guys. I mean, maybe it wasn't him, but if he's serviceable enough, you're talking about a team that's got a really good defense. They've got a, a damn good running back. And a couple of good weapons, so I don't hate this. It's a it's a risk free. The Steelers aren't making the Super Bowl, okay? They're not, but this could easily put them back in the mix of the playoffs again. Yeah, I, I like the signing too. Um, 
you know, given all the options out there, I think you're you're correct. Uh, there had been a lot of talk that maybe they were interested in Malik Willis. I don't know if his play style profile is the same as Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky. So now I'm wondering if there's a different kind of second or third round quarterback they're going to take a shot on, or maybe they just follow through on building up that offensive line and patching some holes over on defense, which would make a lot of sense because they have enough pieces that they could probably compete. If they get a better offensive line, they can protect Mitch. They can run the ball better. Think of what Najee Harris managed to do, 1,200 yards, caught all those passes behind a very porous offensive line. If they get a better one, um, you know, that could be a shot. And the Steelers are kind of that ground and pound team. We saw them effectively make the playoffs with getting very little production on offense last year. Uh, I don't, you know, is Mitch Trubisky going to be demonstrably worse than what we saw with kind of an aging and, and struggling Ben Roethlisberger last year? I don't think so. All right. So real quick uh, update that just literally happened moments ago. J.D. McKissick is going back to Washington. Um, so apparently background on the change of heart Washington initially didn't offer McKissick a deal until he agreed to one in Buffalo per his agent McKissick heard Washington was willing to match the offer and he didn't want to leave well I mean keeps the same kind of balls rolling for for Washington um be curious to see what Buffalo does I mean they could still go back and and get a running back in the draft. Um, I think it tells you Buffalo is not satisfied with their running back room as is. So they're probably going to make some move, which is something a lot of us have felt. I still would like to see them commit to giving a healthy number of carries to Singletary because when they did that down the stretch, I thought their offense played better. Singletary really boosted and elevated, did some nice things even in the playoffs. Um, so I'd like to see – but. You know, maybe that opens the door again for Zach Moss. Truthers, who think he he should be getting more touches. Um, Austin Hooper, another um, another very good free agent tight end that could hit the market. Um, I, I think that if he goes to the right place, that'd be a nice signing. Um, real quick, uh, another Austin, one. To, you don't mean Austin? Austin Hooper? Did he just get released? He's getting cut. Yeah. Oh. And then um, another thing that I, I just read, the Falcons who are meeting with Deshaun Watson never processed Matt Ryan's restructured contract as some speculate will happen yet. It'll still a tough contract mo- contract to move, but the restructure to kick money down the future years has not happened yet. So the Falcons have not processed that, which still kind of opens the door. Obviously, it's official. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman will be joining PAC in ESPN now. Um, which is a very interesting move. They paid a lot of money for that duo. Um, anything else? For, well, let's see. Noticeable. Uh, run, run a quick few. Braxton Barrows back to the Jets. I think that's a great signing for them. He was very good down the stretch. CJ Uzuma, get, he got a lot of money from the Jets. I think they overpaid for him, but it is what it is. He's a good leader in the locker room. That might help. The Jets have made some nice moves. Um, I, man, I just feel bad for a lot of these kind of bottom-tier AFC teams, Jaguars, Jets, and some of those other teams because the AFC is so strong for you to kind of go up the packing order. You've really got to see some of these teams falter. Um, I mean, we're looking, gosh. I mean, that's why the, the, the second biggest quarterback thing we're waiting for besides Deshaun Watson is what happens to Jimmy G because Cleveland may have played themselves. I think they did. The Colts certainly played themselves because, you know, Houston won't even entertain 
Patriots. Which is stupid. Um, of course they wouldn't. I mean, why would you? I mean, no, they shouldn't. But the Colts also don't have the draft capital to get up to get to one of these elite quarterbacks, and they have more holes on their team than they used to. I simply do not understand what their plan is. They went. Frank from, Reich sucks. I've been preaching this. Well, Frank Reich isn't the one that that's pulling all well, the, the triggers duo. on some of these. Their the their duo. general manager must not have a great plan either. Talk about wasting somebody in their prime. You have the best running back in professional football, and you're letting your line decay, and you have no freaking quarterback. Wentz was not the only problem last year, folks. I'm sorry. Went, they could have ran it back. They still went 9-8. and eight. If Frank Wright makes the right decisions down the stretch in some of those football games, that team's a playoff team, maybe even wins the division. Watch the games, guys. I did. The game against Tennessee, the game against Buffalo. They refused to run their best running back and put the ball in the hands of Carson Wentz. Again, Carson Wentz is not the guy that you want to throw 50 times a game to win football games. But if you look at Carson Wentz stats last year, they weren't that terrible. I understand he has a fumbling issue. That's a big problem. But 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, it's going to be hard to come by in this free agency when you don't have the capital. You have the cap space. You just haven't used it. You haven't exactly surrounded your quarterbacks with a core of receivers or weapons that is really out of the worldly, right? T.Y. Hilton was not going to be the guy, especially after those injuries. He's a good serviceable guy. Michael Pittman's good, but he's not great. What you've done at tight end over the years has been serviceable. You have not surrounded, and they've had the cap space, folks. They were one of the highest teams that had cap space over the last few years, and they continue to bundle it. The GM there and Frank Wright are horrible at managing this entire team, and I'm tired of talking about it. I don't understand. They got extensions again. I cannot for the life of me understand what is going on in Indianapolis, but I promise you this team will always be the doormat of just laughter because of their quarterback and GM. They're, just, this, GM. they're just essentially uh, continuing to gift wrap the division title for the Tennessee Titans just to drive you crazy. They're just give, continuing to gift wrap the Titans to the hope, their fans hope. They should have no hope because they have a shitty quarterback. All right, I'm off my tangent. Okay. Um, the other deals, so we talked about Kirk and Edmonds leaving, which is a uh, deal's blow to Arizona. I liked that they re-signed Zach Ertz because I yes. thought he was a very good security blanket down the stretch, developed a lot of rapport with Kylo Murray, gives them – a pretty good option. And I liked the re-signing of James Conner. He works as the pounding back, the guy in the red zone. I think that helps protect the health of Kyler Murray. I still think they've got to do something at receiver and add a body to the backfield. I'm not sure, you know, Benjamin is it. Maybe they get somebody in the draft, somebody to go along with Conner. And I'd be curious if they actually decide to use Rondale more. They need a receiver to go alongside DeAndre Hopkins and more, though, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that they might focus. They're losing pieces. I, this Cardinals team, I, I if they go 500 again this year or right around that 500, you, they're gonna they're gonna wipe the floor with uh, Klingsbury. That they'll wipe everybody out. And to be honest, well, and they just fresh. gave him that giant extension through 2027. I was kind of curious about that because he's not really. His teams have started strong and faded down the stretch every year, not just in professional ranks, but in the collegiate ranks. They really came apart the last two seasons down the stretch. It seemed odd to me that they're like, well, we want to keep doing this for another half decade. I, 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 did, I didn't. Yeah, they did. March On March 2nd, they announced that. That was yeah. recently. 
Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. They they're extending them both. So hopefully there's some kind of a plan. But in Arizona, I would have probably you know if it's me and I'm a Cardinals fan, I would have probably preferred to see Kingsbury have to play out the last year of his contract and see if he could get it together a little bit. Yeah, or at least deciding. if you're going to extend him, extend him one or two years, not five. Yeah, it it's it's a big deal. They're stuck to Kingsbury, I guess now. Well, yeah, you, then you eat tons of money to to let you try to fire. Go, so yeah, and then of course you have the Kyle Murray situation, which doesn't seem to be um, fruitful. So I don't know. Um, all right. So with that being said, I am going to say real quickly, though, last year, I thought Juju Smith-Schuster would be an excellent fit in Arizona with some of the things that they do, yep. where you have a DeAndre Hopkins, where you have a, a Zach Ertz. I still think that would be a good fit. Yeah, I like that move a lot, actually. When, now that I, now that you've said it, it's a, it's a really good piece that they could add with no issues at all. Um, I, uh, yeah, I like that. There's still some good pieces left. Um, free agency tracker. I had something, I had a tracker on my phone that I had saved, but now I can't, there it is right here. Hang on one second. Let's see here. What do we still have left out here? Just before we, we kind of pivot to our movie segment here that I, I want to see some guys that know what's positions. Alan obviously, obviously we have, uh, we still have quarterback wise. We still have Marcus Mariota, who I think is the most pivotal piece of the pie. Tyrod Taylor went to the Giants to be their number one quarterback. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, there's another, you know, that's why I talked about Tua. They said they're building around him and they're, they're all in and they went and got Bridgewater. The Giants spent all offseason making apologies for Daniel Jones and then added Tyrod Taylor. So these teams, you got to pay attention to what they do, not just what they say. Star started running back your favorite guy, Mr. Melvin Gordon, still around um, in the free agent patio. I think Gordon might go to Tampa. I don't hate that signing for them either. Instead of Lenny, unless they get unless playoff Lenny comes back. Um, like you said, Aaron Robinson, Jarvis Landry got released. Um, I would love to see Landry in um, Green Bay. I think that's a good fit for him. Will Fuller still out there? Juju, Emmanuel Sanders, some of these other guys. I'm not even going to mention because they're not even worth mentioning. And let's see the tight end. Let me update this real quick. We don't really have uh, Austin Hooper's probably the best guy. Gronk, what he does. I think what happened was Brady found out that Gronk was teetering the idea of signing with the Titans, and he was like, no, you will not, sir. No, you will not. No, you will not. And I don't blame him. So He literally threw his body in front of Ryan Tannehill to prevent that from happening. It's exactly what he did. Um, all right, folks, thanks for listening to this portion. We're going to transition. Uh, this is a little bit of a lengthy episode, but there was a lot to break down. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. We'll be back next week with a, a lot more – uh, breakdown of of the rest of the happenings um, as well. Um, but now for the segment that we also love to talk about on this show, and some of you do enjoy as well. I know some of you have reached out and said something to me about it, so we'd like to continue to do it. And that's the movie corner. There is a lot of movies, one of which we didn't get to discuss because I was not on the show last week. Um, and then several other show, uh, movies that have come out since then. And then, of course, we have a pretty wide range of films that are coming out this weekend. So that's kind of exciting as well. One of which was The Batman, which came out um, approximately three, two, two and a half weeks ago now. Um, we really didn't get to discuss that. We both really enjoyed the movie. Um, we have Turning Red, which dropped on Disney+. Plus. Another movie that we both liked. And then, of course, we have The Adam Project that came out last week. Another movie, which we both liked. You hear that, guys? Three for three? What? 
what is going on with the world right now? And I then, think in each case, you liked it more than me, which is um, keeping on brand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but not that, not too much more than you. I, I think I might have, um, I think I lowered my my one of my ratings. Uh, Turning Red was three and a half. I gave three and a half to Adam Project and Turning Red. I, I was at four on Adam Project. I went down on it a little bit, um, which I didn't hate. But I'll tell you what, there is about a trillion movies coming out this weekend. Um, you have The Master on Prime Video, which was at Sundance. I really enjoyed that one. comes out on Prime Video. You have um, Deep Water on Hulu, which I have seen and I do like, and I expect Matt to hate it, and I expect 90% of the world to hate it. But you know what? I love a good, trashy, thrilling, just crazy ride that Deep Water I mean, was. Okay? It's the director of uh, Unfaithful and Indecent Proposal, right? It's right Maybe up the alley of Unfaithful. Yeah, it's right up the alley of Unfaithful. And I love Unfaithful. So, all right. So we have X, which I know about as much as anything other than it's like a, a homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre in some aspects, which is kind of cool. I've I've heard nothing but great things about it, which I look forward to sucking. No, I'm, just, uh, I, I'm very excited. I wasn't going to, I wasn't enamored to see it, but I think I might go see it tomorrow night now. Um I'm intrigued by that. So, and then, well, actually, the three movies hitting the banana meter this weekend are Deep Water, X, and then Cheaper by the Dozen. Now, Cheaper by the Dozen, on the other hand, look, guys, look, look. It's it's not a great movie, but, yes, there's a but to this one. I enjoyed it. And that's all I really can say without getting in trouble because my review will drop tomorrow. But... And if you're listening to this on like Friday, it's already dropped. But it's a cute little movie. It's cute. I liked it. It should not have been as good as it was. Like it shouldn't been. So that's all I'll say about that. What do you have to add, sir? Oh, Pachink. No, that's next week. Yeah, it's next week. There's a whole. You know, it's been weird. They have a whole bunch of stuff that that's come that keeps getting reviewed like two or three weeks ahead of where it goes. But we I crash know, comes out Friday. Yeah, we crash comes out Friday. I really like that one. Yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting uh, month for films. I I thought um, there are some people that really loved Turning Red. I felt the way I did about the last few Pixar. I think it's beautiful. Um, I like that they're highlighting different cultures and different stories, but it didn't resonate strongly emotionally with me. I think I ended up giving it three. I gave it about. 63 percent i was surprised um you know of the two i thought the adam project was a little bit better i was surprised uh when we got our banana meter scores out there that turning red was initially at 80 percent adam project at 69 percent. i would have thought it'd be the other way around yeah yeah it's it's definitely something to i was surprised about x seems to be the movie that is going to um be the, the the movie of the weekend um from what i've seen from a lot of different people it'll be interesting to see how i feel about it like i said i'm gonna go see it tomorrow and i think tomorrow night is when i have plans on seeing it but for those of you at home i can give you guys a little bit of an early spoiler because some of the move some of the reviews are coming in for deep water as we speak if you're watching live a lot of them are a mixed bag of mixed bag um so that's just and that's exactly you know, what kind of what I expect it to be. You know, a movie I finally saw that you had seen um, that we that no one's talking about because the studio 
owned it so hard is Cyrano. Yes, I knew Cyrano. I I wish that it would have gotten a better uh, marketing plan, or I wish that they would have had a marketing plan and some kind of a rollout plan. Um, I don't think it ever came to a theater where I live. I, I ended up finding it on VOD and giving it a, a try. I thought Peter Dinklage was fantastic. Some of the music is very pretty. Uh, some of the set design is really pretty. I've enjoyed uh, some of what uh, that director, Joe Wright, has done in the past. Um, he made a movie called Atonement that um, I still think about. Uh, uh-oh, a deal must have just come across. No, I, I was just looking at the, the banana meter score for Deep, Ride, Deep Water right now with 11, I think with uh, 15 reviews in. Not great. Not great, Bob. Not great. 51%. <laughs> So, you know, but that kind of goes with you. You said some people will love it. Some people will hate it. If you end up in the 50s, that's probably polarizing. But, uh, you know, Cyrano, if you get a chance, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that one. Coming out on VOD, the Academy Awards are not too far away. So a lot of theaters out there have opportunities to see the best picture ones. If you haven't seen, there are a few interesting ones out there. Um, and then there are a few that make Ricky... Uh, wish that the Academy Awards had never come to us, you know, just like, just like Frodo in your favorite movie, uh, Lord of the Rings. Never heard of it. Um, okay. So with that being said, also a quick thing. Yeah. The uh, best pictures uh, real quick. There's a lot of, okay. So power of dog, Netflix, Belfast, which I don't know when, or, I don't know when that's ever coming out. Dune's back on HBO max, drive my cars on HBO max. Don't look up on Netflix. Coda is on Hallmark. I mean, uh, Apple TV plus, sorry. I didn't mean to mistake. I must spoke there. Um, nightmare alley is on HBO max and Hulu and, um, West side story is on Hulu, HBO max and Disney plus King Richard. I do think it's coming back very, very soon. I think it's either. I it think it's back it. on HBO max. Is it, is it back? Okay. I knew it was coming I soon. I saw it. Yeah. If it's not, you know, back, it's I can't wait history. for our show on April 1st when uh, Coda has the best picture winner and we have a long discussion about that. I mean, let's be honest with you. I mean, when, when has the best picture ever been really the best picture? It hasn't been. So um, let's, t- I mean, we're talking about a lot. Shape of Water won best picture. When Spotlight won best picture. Well, those, that was a phenomenal film. Those, so. That's what I said. When was the, you yeah. said when was the last time? Those thirty seconds when we thought La La Land won Best Picture. Oh man, what a beautiful, beautiful night that was! And then just <laughs> ripped my heart. Let's see here. Oh, Parasite. I love Parasite. So Nomadland. I didn't hate Nomadland's win either. It wasn't my pick, but Nomadland was a, it was a good movie. Still, Birdman was a good movie. Spotlight's a great movie. Argo's a good movie. The artist is a pile of shit. The King's Speech one, which was probably the tenth worst movie of that entire. Uh, actually, I really liked King's Speech, but it was not as good as The Social Network, or Inception, or 127 Hours, or Black Swan, or The Fighter, or Toy Story Three. But um, yeah, so I'm done rambling. Guys, watch movies. We love movies. Oh, real quick, X is sitting with uh, nine reviews in. It is sitting at 85 percent right now. So it is teeter tottering on the edge of can't, being bonafide bananas for me to find Drop that score. summon the courage to go see a movie about making a pornographic film that turns into a horror the Texas film. Chainsaw Massacre. Putting my what? score in right. I'm putting my score in right now for deep water and I gave it 80% and I don't care what anybody said about it. 
Done. All deep deep water or the Batman? Deep water. I'm just kidding. Yes. Nobody's a Ben Affleck stand harder than Ricky. That is very true. But uh, watch Deep Water. It comes out Friday on Hulu. But all right, folks, that's it. Head on over to the Music City Drive-In to check out all of the latest content we're putting out. Just added us another writer. He's going to focus a little bit on college basketball, uh, along with Clarkson's picks and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. Might dabble in football in the near future. Um, that's probably news to Matthew Fox, but who is our sports editor. But that's pretty awesome. But make sure to check out all of Matthew Fox's content as well. Subscribe to the Happy Hour Podcast because you know what? We've been doing some good numbers recently, and we appreciate the support. And it's, it's crazy to see. Um, I know a lot of people got stuck in that transition from us going from the Debbie Delight to the Happy Hour podcast. We're having fun here, having a lot of fun at that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's it. Follow Matthew Fox on Twitter at Nihawk7734. Follow me at Ricky Blair underscore. Follow the show at I think it's FF Happy Hour. I never remember it. Um, I never remember to log into it. So thanks for tuning in. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.